Mansfield 103.2, the home of great music. You're listening to our weekly discussion show, getting to the heart of issues across the community. Tonight, 103.2, teaching and education. Joining regulars Sid Pepper and Peter Jones in the studio this week is the leader of the Ashfield Independence, Jason Zadrozny. What is putting people off becoming a teacher? Are the increasing numbers in classes to blame for declining educational standards at some schools? Is digital learning the way forward? And what are schools in our region doing to give our kids the best education possible? All topics for discussion and questions to be answered as 103.2 Teaching and Education. Here's your host, Tony Delahunty. situations and uh, we, we have some very interesting topics on how you know Westmont College for instance could take more and more adult learners they could do foundation degrees they go on and do full degrees there but also they could do all the other sort of things in mechanical engineering motorsport engineering and so many other things that people could aim for plumbing and whatever but it brings on to the subject really that uh, teachers and I have to say, sadly, uh, and it's unfortunate, we haven't got a teacher or a head person or, 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 of an ordinary, you know, we're not talking about adult education, that could lead into the studio. Weather, of course, has been one of the things that uh, perhaps has made that more difficult. But one of the things that our news team has found in, in, in sort of making inquiries of teachers and whatnot nowadays is that there appears to be a shortage of them. And in some cases, very difficult to fill the roles of teachers that have gone and otherwise. Was that always the case? I don't know. Well, let's start by going round the studio. And uh, as normal, we, we have uh, Sid Pepper uh, and Peter Jones, both outstanding icons of education from days gone by. Well, uh, outstanding anyway. And Jason DeDrosny, leader of the Ashfield Independence. We'll say hello to Jason. Hi. How are you, mate? I'm marvellous, Tony. Thank yeah. you. Uh, but let's, let's sort of go back to, you, to your, your school. Where, where were you schooled in this area? I was at Ashfield Comprehensive. You're right. Yeah. Um, so, and then you went on and did other education afterwards? Yeah, mostly at West Knott, so I went to Manchester University for a little while, but then came back to West Knott to do HND, BTEC, that sort of stuff. Yeah, but memories of, of your school days, for instance, would be, how many in a class roughly can you remember? Crikey, I was in the mid-80s, so I was right in the Thatcher years, mid high 30s, I think, in my classes when I were at primary schools. What do you think they are now in your area at the moment? Well, I, I think they've gone down and then they've crept back up again, so I, I think they're about 30 um, in, a, in a rough primary school in, in Ashfield District. Now, you're talking specific of, of primary school areas there. You've got a mixed reports coming in from the likes of Oftel now on, on, on things like that, haven't you? Yeah, of course, we've got some very good uh, primary schools in Ashfield now. Uh, we're getting really good Ofsted reports, outstanding. Uh, Dale Storth's just been commended as an outstanding school. But, of course, we saw in the press just a couple of weeks ago, late January, that uh, Kirkby College was rated as inadequate in every field. So I think there's a very mixed bag in local education and a lot to work on, really. So how do you, as a councillor, address that? Well, actually, it's a very difficult decision now because there's not a second secondary school left in Nottinghamshire that's under local gov uh, government rule. They're all academies. And there's only a handful of primary schools left now that aren't academies. So uh, in terms of intervention, we have very little um, very little input. We can put some local government um, 
uh, governors in on the body, but we, we can't directly tell them what to do. So um, we can challenge and we can ask questions, but we can't intervene in the way we used to be. Um, and I think that's a real problem. Let um, me come to, to Sydney Pepper. Uh, just for a moment, so I know you've got a point to raise, but I had the very good fortune to go and see and meet and watch various activities that took place at Shirebrook School. Um, which looks a very, very modern school. I'm coming to you at Shirebrook because that's where your, your, one of your major businesses is in Shirebrook, etc. They are being spoken of very, very highly and even went so far as to have elected by the students themselves a Polish student who, when he first arrived in England, didn't have the full gift of the English language. That seems to be a school looking forward. Yeah, I've heard him speak. He's been on the radio a few times, and that's all credit. And, of course, yes, it is a new school, or newish now, time goes on. But it's not about the buildings, it's about the the teachers. It has to be about the teachers, which, which is where we're seeing this... Uh, this contradiction. You've got some very good schools in the area, some not performing. But I tell you what I am interested in. I thought the future was in these academies. I didn't believe in it, and I still don't. And what you're telling me, Jason, is that academy status has not... Has, in fact, it's worsened. Well, I'm not saying that. In some areas, it's been really good. It's allowed the school freedom to do what they want. But what it has done is taken away council uh, interference. And that's sometimes good and sometimes bad. So uh, we've we've been stopped treating schools in a blanket way, doing everything one size fits all. But what it means is in the uh, issues like Kirkby College, which is um, just outside my division, we can't go in and interfere. We can't say, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Um, and, and sometimes that means those checks and balances are missing and schools are getting in a way with, you know, not educating our young people in the way they really should be doing. Right, I've started to understand it now. Yes, I wouldn't normally want anything run by the council, so as far as I'm concerned, in theory then, academies work. Yeah, well, look, councils never really ran schools. They were always down to the head teacher and the governing body. But what a council used to have was an education committee. In fact, um, there's a, there's one meeting um, as we're recording this show, an education committee. But they don't have the teeth that they used to do to challenge schools and make their attainment uh, or their uh, educational abilities the best that they could. Um, so we've lost a lot of power in that respect. So so what we do have now is power over shore start centres, school meals and things like that. But it's much limited. And and, of course, um, the government's changing some of those uh, parameters for us as well. Peter Jones, Academy is a new thing. It's a new thing to me over the last few years. It's a new thing to you in your in your day. And still over in your area, just further over towards Lincolnshire, there's still the grammar schools. Did you go grammar school or secondary modern or what? I did go to grammar school, yes. And it, and it was the two schools. One was grammar school and one was secondary modern. You passed 11 plus then, is that I what? did, yes. So that was by, by going through an examination system? Yes, but I was actually educated in primary school in a village school so there was only six of us in in my particular year there was probably only 20 in the whole in the whole school so you got virtually one-to-one attention and uh, it obviously paid off do you support grammar schools still if you could have grammar schools back in nottinghamshire would you say it was a good thing i don't know enough about it to be honest i mean i enjoyed it and it was good but uh, but one of my cousins you know he went to uh, the secondary modern and he got a lot better exam results than i did and ended up with a better career well we seem to have similar similar lives here i also went to i went to rainworth heathland school I was brilliant up to the age of 11. I thought, oh dear, I could walk on water. But yes, there was only probably eight in the class. So you were getting the benefit of real teaching, in my opinion. You'd got almost one-to-one. And, of course, that changed when I went to Queggs, when suddenly I think there was at that time six... I'd never seen 600 kids in my life. 
uh, and never mind any any volume 600 is, is overwhelming and that lost me then because I went straight into a class of 34 so even then the mm. class sizes weren't as low as they should be because 34 is difficult to teach but that was at grammar school but I suddenly lost my way. There's no question about that, and that's my excuse. I also, sadly, you know, was, we've got a, a triumphant over here. Three all went to grammar school. Grammar schools were going out by the time you were going through schooling, were they? Uh, yeah, they didn't really exist. I mean, my dad went to Sherwood Hall Grammar School, yeah. and that was... That wasn't uh, really a grammar school. No, you're going to say it was a technical college, <laughs> right? technical well, college, well, yeah, he, don't he, big he, yourself up or big your dad up. <laughs> he went to that one, but they didn't exist, of course, when I uh, when we had the, the comprehensive system and that was it. Um, certainly in the South, and uh, they, they seem to still work, and they do push up attainment, but this is what academies were supposed to do. They were supposed to do that within the school, be able to be able to differentiate need and um, teach children to their own ability rather than hold them back, uh, hold back to the lowest attainer in, the, in their class, bring them all up to the highest. Um, and that's really uh, been a challenge. You look at Ashfield Comprehensive School, and I say this again because, A, it's in my council board, but B, it's the school I went to. It's now the largest second school in England. How many is uh, it? I think very nearly 3,000 pupils. It's, Heading for a school each it, day? It, yeah, it's enormous. It's enormous. I mean, it's a fantastic school. Uh, we ought to go and have a walk round one day and do a radio broadcast behind the school. They've got a high street, you know, hairdressers, a nursery, a, 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 a car mechanics place. Have they got their own army? There's um, 3,000 people. It, it, it's great because if you're not bright educationally, like I wasn't, you can do practical stuff on site as well. Um, but when you've got 3,000 kids in a school, you do wonder who falls between two stools and who gets missed out and that always concerns me I wasn't the world's brightest when I was at school but uh, it's all to do with teaching I mean I remember that the English teacher used to come in slipper everybody because he, <laughs> his view was well if I miss something at least I've, I've, I've caught everybody right this is this is what you've got to do for this uh, for this, this particular lesson and then sat down and read the newspaper uh, so can you believe I wasn't very successful at English but the, the, the chemistry teacher the French teachers you know they were impressive and they actually were interested in it, but you know, I, I had an English teacher who wasn't interested in teaching us, it, it was ridiculous. Uh, so, you got the gym stuff, I got the gym stuff. Did you ever get the gym stuff? No, I was straight on the cane, I didn't mess about. Did you get the cane? Were you cane? Were you actually cane? Were yes. you, you were never cane, no? No, 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 there was a you were actually cane, were you? Quite were, a lot. Were you cane in front of people? Oh no, no, you had to go with the headmaster's personal pleasure, uh, you couldn't have it, <laughs> couldn't have it done in full view. Yeah, can you just give us an offence? You know, we've got a lovely audience out there dying to know what the offence was, what offence says. And I was just cheeky. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't. Dis well, I suppose I was disruptive, but not. Uh not in a physical way. I, I tried to be classroom clown. If I couldn't be the best at uh, at the lesson, then I might as well just try and destroy it. And that was basically where we were. But that's a skill of a teacher. A, a teacher recognised this, recognised talent in me, but disruptive to them. So I spent most of my time outside uh, in the quadrangle counting the tails. And there's 5,636 of them. Well, right, OK. Well, we'll come back to more on that sort of thing later. But... Where are the new teachers? Where are they, you know, what's happening? I see adverts of uh, all sorts of bursaries being given to bring people into teaching. They come into all sorts of levels now, and yet there seems to be a massive shortage. You're saying, here's some money, come and be a teacher, you know, well supported, but there's not that many, it would appear, going in that direction. We're going to hear more from Peter Jones on that subject right after these. 
You're listening to Mansfield 103.2. We're talking about schools. We're talking about lack of teachers. We're talking about good schools, bad schools, indifferent schools, schools in special sort of ooh, situations, and goodness knows what. One of the special people in our studio is always Peter Jones. Peter, you've got a point. You've got to make a comparison with teachers and who? Teachers and prisons, schools and prisons. And if you think about it, they are both an authoritarian structure. They, they both insist on a dress code. They both have an emphasis on order. Uh, they have to walk in lines. Uh, they, uh, they've got a loss of individual autonomy. Uh, there's, there's no input uh, in respect of, of decision making. Uh, and uh, they are set times for them to actually go for a walk and go for a meal. So I can't see any difference between a school and a prison. So what are you suggesting for the future then? I'm suggesting that it seems to work well in a prison, so it ought to work well in a school. And prisons have teachers. This is a fact. I know it is. Oh yes, yeah, they do. I mean, because there's a, there's a lot. To occupy the mind of the locked up, apart from anything else, isn't it? Well, it's not just that, is it? It's a fact that a lot of those in prisons are not educated properly, haven't been educated, uh, and it's a chance for them to to, to receive a good quality edu- education. And a lot of them actually volunteer for it. Well, of course, this is where Vision West Knots or whatever you want to call them comes in. When you get to a certain age and you've you've mucked about in your education and there you are suddenly 16 17 18 you can't find a job you suddenly realize that education was important and they bless and provide that as a way forward to better yourself this is what concerns me it's all about teachers uh, the quality of teachers isn't there what puts them off i don't know i think a lot of it is lack of discipline a lot of kids now aren't disciplined at home uh, or the parents expect the school to do it, but they're not allowed to discipline either. So if you've got indiscipline, which is why I think you're wrong comparing it to prison, because I still think there's a little bit of discipline in prison, not a lot from what I can read. Um, well, no, but it's the, all about the quality of teachers. running some of them, but never yeah. mind. Let's, we'll leave it it's all it. about the quality of teachers. Teachers can really bring out the best of pupils, and that's what we're supposed to have. Now, it's interesting, a lady in London is just one teacher of the world. She speaks 37 languages. Well, she has to do, because that's the number of people in a class, and they're all different. But she speaks highly of them. She's just been awarded, what, is a million quid or whatever. Uh, but she teaches art, so I don't really see that as a, a pushing subject. But all credit to her. So teachers are critical. Why Why can't we get the right people? Why can't we get them to embrace a class? Hold the phone for a moment. Last week, um, we had people in here from West Dots. I thought it was extremely interesting last week seeing how students can move on or, or, or grab the rope again after they've let it go and that sort of thing. And then I hear Craig Priest and um, James Brandon, who uh, run our news, uh, our news facility, carrying a story during the week of uh, a possibility of 100, 100 teachers, instructors, call them what you will, having to go. And we, we hear the very eloquent words there of, uh, uh, the I think it was the assistant uh, head of the school, saying, quite rightly, we're going to try and make this as as reasonable as possible we'll do our sums do the best we can but here you've got what is regarded as a very successful establishment West Knox College likely to have to reduce the number of teachers well at the other end of the scale we've got people offering money to get more teachers Jason you're a political animal what on earth is going on in this country on the, the subject of teaching well it's all finance isn't it so I mean uh, the government keeps squeezing and squeezing uh, every penny out of every public body they give to and education's been no different so um, when they say to the likes of West Knotts College your budget's being cut over so many uh, years what's the what's the 
uh, resources that the college has got to re- reduce. So they can't get rid of more buildings. They can't get rid of uh, the facilities that they've got. So uh, human resource or teachers are the thing that uh, they, they have left to squeeze. So just let, just let me get that, uh, the sense of that. A hundred teachers suspect possibly may not be within their jobs. Adverts saying we'll give you so much money if you go and uh, learn to become a teacher. One conflicts with the other, surely. Well, because the government know that there's a national shortage of teachers and if, if your job, I mean, for, for example, if you were a teacher, what percentage of the time are you teaching now? How often can you be inspirational? What percentage of the time are you a police officer or a social worker or, you know, doing uh, paperwork for Ofsted checks? How, how much of your time can you do the thing you're passionate about? And I suspect it's not very much. And I thought there was an interesting question about this earlier, because we were saying what makes a good teacher? If you've got the sword of Damocles hanging over your head that your job might not be there, that doesn't give anybody uh, the confidence to be a good teacher. But I was just looking at Dale Storth, who used to be in my division for, for the last 10 years, rated as great by Ofsted now, fantastic school, they've done really well. Out of the 26 teachers they've got, one is a man. Just one. Did he do any sport? Well, I don't, I don't know what he does. Mr Lamb, I assume, is a fantastic teacher, but there's one male teacher. Out I bet he's well loved. Uh, well, I bet he is, but out of all of the teaching staff and support teaching, there's one. So is it that female peop- uh, 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 teachers have now got uh, a monopoly on, on, on putting up with this sort of stuff? Or men or if, don't want to or, do or it. Or men don't want to put up with the pressures or the, you know, they, men are generally the breadwinners. If you're worried about your job being at, uh, 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 at risk and you've got family at home, you don't want to be in that situation so public services and this isn't down to just teaching planners you know uh, anybody in a council or social workers or anybody else they're not wanting to work for the government in national or local anymore because the jobs aren't safe and then there's only two things in my book that a government should concentrate on one of it is education and one of it and the other is health. I mean, t- Tony Blair nearly got it right uh, when he said the government should concentrate on three things, education, education, education. And, of course, you'd got uh, Nye Bevin, who, who brought the National Health Service in 70 years ago. But in, in my view, everything bounces off these two things, off education and health. If you've got educated people, they create wealth. If you've got healthy people, they create wealth. You've, you've only got to concentrate on these two aspects of life, and the job's done for me. Well, yeah, but I mean, he chose a strange person to prove it was Blair. All he ever did was say the things and never delivered. So we've been back. Oh, he delivered a war. That's true. I'm sorry about that. Uh, But no, he certainly didn't deliver on the education, education. But I think Peter's got a point there. What should a government get involved in? Uh, And this is why the, the situation in America is so interesting. You've now got a businessman running the country uh, like him or loathe him but let's give the man the chance to see if somebody with a business head on him can transform a country who after all a country is just a big business isn't it but politicians think they're business people and they're not and and when they do think they're clever that's when it all goes pear-shaped but that's not educate education is a specific thing it's got some real problems yeah we're talking about the problems what about solutions i don't know look i'm the last person to defend labor i've spent the last 15 years of my life fighting them but Blair did one good thing for education, and that was the creation of Sure Start centres. You know, early valuing early years education. All the studies show that um, early years in formative education, from birth to two, is when people, young people's brains develop most, and they have the opportunity to uh, really um, excel their love and passion for learning. Um, and we're way behind the continent. You know, for loads of things we do differently. We have our daytimes uh, scheduled differently. You know, uh, people go home in the afternoon in France and Spain. Or um, we didn't only until.
until this year we had six weeks summer holiday you know and kids fell out of education and then it was hard to get back into it we've just changed that to five weeks at the county council but there's loads of things we don't do right and um, I mean unfortunately as I say there's an education committee happening this week where Shaw Start Centres the 58 across Nottinghamshire are, are being changed to the hub model which might mean that about 50 of them close yeah. so, so is that a financial decision? Again a financial Reading decision Reading underneath it these things aren't always put out as a financial decision are they saying look, they're going to have to do this financially? Tony let me tell you something since 2010 as I've been on the council uh, and I've been on the council years before that but since 2010 everything is a financial decision everything you want to talk about and why are we doing this fun day or why is the Christmas lights not so good or why is the streets less clean or why is uh, Kingsmill got half of its wards closed everything's about finance are we as a country pulling back further and further are we imploding well they're continuing to re- remove money out of all public services um, I mean unless it's HS2 or something crazy like that there everything that's a public service is having its budget shrunk year on year yes, and, it, and it, by some tens of millions on the county council we've probably saved in Nottinghamshire county council something like 200 million pounds out of our budget over the last 10 years you can't keep doing the same stuff for less money yeah but jason they're not fit for purpose nobody is in government but the point being is we have a national debt of 1.7 trillion oh i don't disagree and that, that's yeah. not going to go away now uh, that actually well it's just out of control isn't it so a government or any government has to address that issue it can't be worsened but it seems to me that nearly every council has got uh, sat on surpluses that makes no sense to me whatsoever a surplus was meant to be spent it hasn't got spent let's try and build a surpluses there should be no surpluses they should be fed back in but somebody has to make the decisions on how are you just saying there knots can't have to lose what 200 million they're still surviving. So were they wasteful then before? Oh, so yeah. I think they were. The loads of councils were wasteful. When I was first leader of Ashfield Council, and bearing in mind we only turned over £20 million, I took a million pound out of the budget immediately overnight. Lots of councils, lots of public bodies were definitely wasteful. They're not now. And what we've got to do is make sure that the public realise that you can't keep having what we, what we, the halcyon days that we really want on less money. Um, Ashfield Council, as you just said, sat on £40 million usable reserves. They only spend £17 million Wow, we're getting it's into the, the, world's, the world of the stratosphere of money. <laughs> but I asked the question, so I deserve the answer. Sorry, Tony. Yeah, Peter sorry. Jones. But you've got to concentrate on education, because if we get education right, I, I just don't understand the logic. If you get education right, then people go out and earn good money. They they don't commit crime. They, they, they actually uh, know how to keep the houses safe, so they don't set fire to the things. Education is where I would... It would be the first thing I'd spend money on because if you get that right, it might be 20 years before it starts to pay dividends, but it... But it will pay dividends. What do people think about the balance between a parent's responsibility to educate their children at home? Because in some countries now, you don't have... um, you, you don't have homework in the same way. You do your classwork at home on on a on a video, and then uh-huh. you have the homework at school uh, with teacher aided training. So, I mean, uh, some parents say, "Go to school. I'm not teaching you to read and stuff like that." And some parent, you know, my mum was crazy about making me read and write and do all the other stuff. I think there's a balance to be struck because uh, you know our, our public services are at breaking point. They can't do everything anymore. Well, it's becoming a problem in some respects, isn't it? Because I understand that there are more children 
being taught at home than ever before. And it's because the parents haven't got confidence that the, sending the kid to school is actually going to help their education. That's the keen parent. Somewhere in the middle is the parent who says, go and do your homework because the boy or girl disappears into their room. Sometimes they might be doing homework. The rest of the time they might be talking on Skype or something like that or playing games in the old days of Game Boy. That's gone by, gone by now. It's... The, the, the concentration of, on homework seems to be getting less and less, uh, unless you come across a, a tiger mum, forgive me, any, any people out there with a Chinese relationship, Indian relationship, etc., where they are so conscious that they want their children to do well. Maybe they go over the top, some of them, in, in, in determination. But you wonder how many, how, so many of those are the ones who come out of universities with firsts and go on and, and become captains of industry. So but that's where you come back to streaming, isn't it? You've got to find those with a better ability and make sure that that's enhanced. That shouldn't be at the cost of those that's less able. I accept that. But I, I, told, I don't think you'd find anybody in, in, in the studio that wouldn't agree with you. Education is everything. It's the key to everything. I discovered it late. I'm pleased West Not Tech is there for people who also discover it late. Uh, but there's all sorts of things we should be taking, uh, doing with our children. I particularly thank you, Jason, reminding me on Sure Start, because that was important. You can't start them too soon, can you? And it gets the, the mother away back to work or whatever, because unfortunately most families now, both parents work, uh, where there are two parents, of course. And that's a fresher as well, because it's difficult to make end, uh, make ends meet, hence the need for two wages. But you've got, got, you've got the problem, though, haven't you, that, that you... It's all right giving kids homework to do, but then somebody at school has got to mark it. And if you're getting few and few teachers, they're spending too much time uh, having to do what, what they have to do during the day to be able to, to spend time to mark uh, our homework. Yet year on year we get, uh, and we'll go more into this in a moment, the results appear to come from the more adult schools when you forget your first judgments of GCSEs and A-levels. They appear to continually be getting, in the most, better year by year. Is that branding? Is that some sort of <laughs> sleight of hand? Is it making the exams easier so it looks okay? Is it the same sort of system that goes through the universities? We want everyone to pass so we can show a great record and you come and spend your money here when it gets to university level. We'll explore much on that right after these. You listen to Mansfield 103.2. I think whichever political party you are, you know, it's, uh, we heard those words, wonderful words before, education, education, education. And it would appear, um, which is not necessarily great for a talk programme, we've got three people all agreeing more or less the same. So let me try and stir that up a little bit. Uh, we have uh, uh, definite independence over there, flag, uh, independent flag flying high uh, 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 above his head in Jason Dodrosny. We've got Sidney Pepper, who's half-mast uh, <laughs> uh, from UKIP. Or is the flag totally dropped now, Sidney Pepper? Uh, are you no longer UKIP? No, no, there's, there's no, there's no UKIP. We've we've managed to do it to ourselves, thank you. Yeah, a self-destroyed UKIP. Uh, we'll decide what you are. We may even have a, a little vote of what we think you are later on. And we've got Peter Jones, self-confessed Labour. Yep. Oh yes, yeah, very much so. Always been in the family the whole lot. Labour, Labour, Labour. Oh no, no, no. I mean, my parents were quite were split. My dad was Labour. My mother was a Conservative. Uh, and uh, it's it's just one of those things that I've picked up and uh, and run with. Yeah, right. And you, and you said now, uh, what are you? Uh, uh, or are you not revealing at this moment? 
I'm keen to remain in politics. Um, I found it fascinating. And this is also a fascinating subject. It's it's affected by governments or lack of governments. And uh, it needs to be addressed. Quite how how you do it and who does it is another matter. Well, whichever colour flag that you decide to hoist up the pepper masts, uh, on that mandate, would education be there? Absolutely. As I said, we're going to have great difficulty today. We're not going to have anybody sort of cutting across the bow. Education is important. But getting uh, people to come and teach, why don't they want to do it? It never used to be about money, because they've never been particularly well paid. But what's the answer? Do you give every teacher £60,000 a year? No, of course you don't. Because it's you have to want to do it. But unfortunately, we live in a world now where everybody wants to be on mega money, but doesn't want to do anything with that. Teaching is a skill. The art of teaching is a skill. And that's the people that we've got to support. But I would also say that they need smaller class sizes. We were talking earlier about the number of people at that school. What's the class size there? I, don't, I mean, it is an enormous school. It's like a... Agreed, but what so sort of... I don't know. I, I, mean, think, I think their average is in the mid-30s. Yeah, mid-30s. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's doable, but it would be better if it was 25, 26. You can maintain discipline, but this is also about discipline. You're not getting disciplined at home. You're not getting disciplined at school. You don't see a policeman who might have disciplined you once upon a time. So we're becoming indisciplined going forward. So how do we change it? Peter Jones, any ideas? No, I've no idea. To be honest, it's 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 well, been. Really a, yeah. oh, you're a leader, leader, but <laughs> yeah. so but of course you've got no idea. It's it's been a slow, slow drip. But unless you invest in education, <coughs> like I said right from the start, then all the others bounce off that, and it's a spiral down. You've got to spend the money, and you've got to encourage the teachers. Like Sid says, it's it's not a question of paying the teachers. It's actually encouraging the right people to be there to give education to the kids. And unless you do that. And at one time a day, you used to have teacher training colleges. I think they've all gone now. They've all got to come out of university. I remember being at Retford and there was a teacher's training college there at Eaton Hall. Uh, And uh, I remember going there once because uh, Susie Quattro was doing a performance for the end of term for the... uh, for the teacher training stuff. Thank you for that. Thank you. That was really helpful. I remember when I was in the Navy, we'd pull into a port, and you said there's two things you did if you wanted to have a ship's party. One, you'd invite the girls from the teacher's training college or the nurses. Marvellous parties, I have to tell you. Uh, but but, but uh, running that back at the moment, I want to pick on some words of Jason Zadrosny over there, and I think they were very, very important. And I've also heard this in terms of education and saying, you know, go for A-levels or GCSE. Try and do subjects, apart from the uh, obliged ones in GCSE, that you're interested in, yeah. That was that. that do something you don't do something you're not interested in because you you know you're not going to do it. You were a policeman, and I know you were an enthusiastic policeman because you and I know many of the people of, of your era that I, I talked to, not all perhaps, but there seemed to be a lot of enthusiastic policemen. We want to do a job. Enthusiastic teachers. Jason, have you come across many really enthusiastic teachers? And I'm not knocking them for perhaps not having quite the enthusiasm, because there was an explanation. If you're worried about your job, how can you be enthusiastic? But are there those sort of teachers that I've come across once uh, just up the road at Renneth, where there's a science guy there uh, who's created such a a brilliant sort of laboratory of things that they invent, speed things they do, and goodness knows what. That's an enthusiastic teacher. Are there enough of them, and are we killing them off? Well, actually, I think most of the teachers we have left are very enthusiastic because this um, financial climate that we talked about before has wheedled out the people that that didn't really care or were tired, jaded after years of doing it. Last year, my friend's um, 
daughter went up to secondary school. So we went, I went with her to a couple of the open evenings at a couple of different secondary schools, Ashfield and at Quarrydale. And I was really uh, excited, actually, by going around all the different classes, seeing what the science teachers were showing you, seeing how kids do their homework on apps now, how the parents can log into portals. And actually, school's a very exciting time now. There's no dry sitting there, uh, you know, copying stuff off a chalkboard or lesson anymore. It's it's a very engaging time. So we have the ability, and I, I'm confident we've got good people who, who could teach. We've just got to marry them up with those jobs and make it an option for people. Unfortunately, for places like Asheville and Mansfield, we have a low aspiration and we've got to show young people that you know, good jobs like teaching are, are available to them. And that's what we've got to do because uh, the jobs are good now. The curriculums are good now. We've just got to uh, uh, give people the enthusiasm to get into that sort of career. There used to be the argument, you know, they get lots of holidays. That's a great job. Go and be a teacher. You can go. <laughs> uh, you've already reduced the holidays from six to five weeks, haven't you? Well, the, yeah, we did at the county. That was part of a consultation, but we, we moved one of that week into the October half term, so they get three weeks then, or two weeks then, sorry. Um, but um, teachers don't always get six weeks holiday. Firstly, of course, they get equated pay, so they, um, their pay is split out over that time as well. But frequently in the long summer holidays, they're writing the curriculum, lesson planning. Uh, when I used to teach for West Knots, that's what you, most of your time was at home, lesson planning for the next day. Or You were a, a teacher. Only, I only did sessional work for... Uh, a, a bit of a to crack 20 years ago but yeah we had to you have to of course have everything planned out you have to show what you're doing what you're teaching what the outcomes are um, and of course as Peter said marking work as well so there's a huge amount of stuff that happens behind the scenes but uh, my experience is that most teachers are fantastic we've just got to let them teach do you or would you encourage someone to become a teacher now Peter Jones first yeah, definitely. It's it's one of the most important jobs that anybody can do. You're and looking at it now from the reception area of the the, the student, the, the child getting taught from a personal point of view. Yeah, a young man planning a family, young woman planning a family, etc. Would you encourage them to? I would, yes. Yeah, I say it's it's a very, very rewarded occupation, I would imagine. If if you can get the results that you want, and I'm sure there's lots of teachers out there that actually see somebody doing well and think, I was part of that. And that's got to be one of the best feelings that you can ever get. If you've closed teacher training, you've closed the nursing schools. I don't get all this. How can anybody find that bridge into that job if the, if it's not a clear path? If you've got to just go to an ordinary further education and, and pick it... I don't get it. I'm well, sorry. one of the pathways is through university. What are the other pathways, Yeah, I don't want any more from university. Well, that's the, I mean, that's the main route. It's called a B.Ed., a, a Bachelor of Education, what you can do after a degree so you can do a degree in history or science or anything else then you bolt on this education year at the end which uh, teaches you how to teach the subjects you've learned to other to, to, to young people um, so that's the main route now there's virtually no vocational ways of teaching um, without without doing a degree qualification but you can't get in at all no well the, the Tories in government are trialing programs where people have had vast experience in some sort of trade or industry or business uh, where they come in and teach that subject with um, and they have some support about how to teach rather than learning their subject but that's an, in the trial stage I think it's a really good idea actually because what we do need and this is what I was saying about Ashfield School one of their major successes is having practical stuff you know they've got uh, the AA or the RAC teaching kids out who are 
aren't educationally um, fantastic, how, uh, but they want to do practical skills, how to fix a car. You know, they've got people teaching hairdressing uh, in this high street that's behind the school. So you want people who have got real practical skills. And I've sat in here before, and we've had debates about Brexit and stuff like that. We had to have massive amounts of, of uh, immigration because Kings Mill Hospital would have closed down. You'd have never got your walls plastered. But this is why we should be investing in our young people. So we don't need massive amounts of uh, immigration because we should be able to have our own electricians and plumbers and doctors and nurses because we should grow and improve our own young people so that they can do whatever job they want to do. You just created a wonderful image for me of doctors and nurses going out and uh, working part-time in the evening plastering people's houses. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Jones. It's a fact that uh, when Michael Gove was Education Secretary, he tried to introduce this system of bringing people in with different skills. But a skill in its own right is teaching. It's, it's all right being educated and working and all that sort of stuff but teaching is a skill and unless you've been taught to exercise that skill then just because you've got skills in a particular area doesn't mean that you can translate it to a classroom thank you and university is not the way that that should be being done i just think that everything is wrong about society at the moment and education is is at the bottom of it and we need as Jason has just said, it doesn't matter. We need electricians, we need plumbers, we need surgeons, we need... Oh, why aren't we training our own? Why did we create this situation? How did we create the situation where we stop training and therefore we have to pinch from other countries? I don't feel comfortable about taking a nurse or a doctor from Poland. Poland needs them. So you can't go around the, around the world, Sri Lanka, oh, we'll have your dentist, we'll have your nurse. What does it do with those people? Take care, my friend, because it runs further back than that. If you go to so many of the major universities, some of the lesser universities, the people who are professors in those universities are sent out as marketeers all over the world to China, India, and the private schools send people out to Germany and France, etc. Encourage. <coughs> the parents of children over there to send their children here. Go to, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those people coming over here at all. So let's, let's avoid that one. But those universities are aiming, and some of the independent schools are, at a target market because to begin they're income. They're, they're businesses, because their vice chancellors need to be on £420,000 a year. They're businesses. Well, well that, I mean, I must admit that's true. But Nottingham University has a campus in in China now because it's easy for them. To Many do to link Malaysia um, yeah. straight over to Nottingham um, because actually um, they they pay more for a foreign student coming in and and you know they've got to balance the books. So um, there's a lot more about uh, the financial stuff than educational attainment, which is probably why we need more practical skills now than ever before. I went to a, a university to study not that long ago, and uh, there was six in 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 the unit of what I was studying um, I was the only one from Britain I was the only one from Britain of the five others four had their wives over here as well doing different non-degree courses connected to the same university the income and this was long before the 9,000 a year that they paid, the income coming in from abroad plus that, that, that was going into the area of housing where they were renting houses or renting in the university was massive in comparison uh, I think that the, 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 the lecturing was fine it was there was equality in the lecturing but certainly that uh, they've at one stage, we're going to go out again, and they did. And I believe for the next year's course, they managed to get 10 from abroad. And I don't think there was one person that came from this country. 
and that was that that was a master's degree course so wow. it really shows you where they're aiming out there doesn't it yeah. it really does peter well they want the money in don't they and that's and that's what they're trying to encourage is uh, people students from over from overseas who will come and spend a lot of money not just spending money at the university but spending money uh, in ordinary living and uh, all the rest of it so it, it's all to do with finance it's not to do with education it's to do with finance and one wonders and we'll take this in the next uh, next part of the program whether many of those students from abroad will become the teachers in this country teaching our children our grandchildren perhaps more than English, Scottish, Irish or Welsh will be doing it and that's not necessarily a bad thing but one wonders whether that might happen Listening to Mansfield 103.2 points for you. Jason Zadrosny in the studio. Always loving having him in. And, uh, of course, Peter Jones and Sidney Pepper. My name is Tony Delahunty. Producer of the programme is Craig Priest. We're all learning. Well, did we? We maybe they learned in our days, but how much more difficult is it for students nowadays? Now, at one end of the... Uh, the show, the early part of the show, uh, Jason was uh, was saying that okay, we maybe we didn't have uh, enough teachers. We I think we all agree we don't have enough teachers, and uh, it's being culled down by finances, etc. But there are many, many still enthusiastic teachers there. That's your point. How do those enthusiastic teachers cope with the lack of assistance, perhaps, by not having other teachers to back them up? Oh, I think it's incredibly difficult. Uh, it must be an, a tough job because look, if you look at the balance of teachers to teaching assistants which is the um, uh, the support that a teacher gets in a large class um, the teaching assistants now outweigh the number of teachers in most schools and because they're a, um, a lower salary that's how the schools balance it but they're an invaluable resource a human resource having real people in the school able to teach um, our young people is, is where we should be investing I agree with everything Peter said but how do you do that um, and what can councils or the government do I mean I, I think we've made it more and more tough you know uh, they've changed all sorts of things like um, uh, which school you get your kids into I've got dozens of families across this part of Nottinghamshire where they've got children at completely different schools um, so they're having to get two kids one into Ashfield and one into Mansfield in the same the, family in the same family at the same time drop off time and pick up points because the schools have changed um, how you get in and out to your school uh, you know we've, we're changing stuff about free school meals now everything becomes a little bit more challenging um, and who picks that up it's the teachers who get complained at it's the, it's the teachers who are dealing with someone crying because they're not in the same social structure they're not in the same queue for their dinner as the rest of their friends um, and and that's where they have the pressures put on them to not be teaching you know when i said before what percentage of the time are they actually teaching it must be an incredibly stressful job and we should be supporting them because everything about us being a good economy everything about us being world leader about having our own doctors or or having inspirational uh, future is about the kids who are in school now. And it's not even the kids who are 11 or 12 now and going up or picking their options. It's the kids who are two or three. You know, because if they don't have the support now, when I'm um, um, retiring, who's going to be who's going to be the doctors and nurses? Looking and you're obviously not into monogamy, are you? Because yeah. if, if you've got that many families that, that's running around that you're looking after... Then <laughs> Yeah, no wonder there's a problem. No, but you're raising the point. We have governments, and it's it is plural. It's not just one who, over the past twenty years, have destroyed this country to the extent that for us to maintain any kind of position in the world, it will be with people who are not English. 
we'll have brought them in for whatever reason and that i'm not against them being here either is that presuming we have a position in the world nowadays russia doesn't seem to think we do well that's what no they're trying to they're trying to prize that apart aren't they they know there's a weakness there but what i'm saying is the only way we can control or maintain our position is with people who are not from this country instead of us training our own people i just don't understand this is a long process and it's not just one government no what's going to happen in the future we, we, we're, we're appealing for teachers the other end of the scale we hear last week west knots may be having to lose a hundred teachers the one thing doesn't balance up with the other does it jason Oh, no, there's a massive discord, isn't there? Because obviously the things we care about are, are not being able to be delivered. And I, and I think that comes down to political weakness because it's the, no government, no government, and we keep talking about whichever one, no government has had a strong enough leader for the last decade to be able to say, um, we just don't have the money to do everything the same. So they've salami sliced stuff a bit more instead of saying we don't value that as much as this. We're going to keep funding this thing more. You know, so instead of, I don't know, I bet Sid would say foreign aid. Instead of foreign aid, we're going to put that money into early years education. Instead of so much on civil defence, we're going to put that money into the NHS. Because some things you can't just keep throwing money at, but we can't just keep doing everything a little bit more rubbish. We've got to pick what our priorities are and fight tooth and nail to make sure they're funded properly. Well, you already said priorities education. You're giving up there on defence, are you? Well, that's not for me to say, but I think a government needs to make some choices. If it were me, I would say we're not going to invest in nuclear power we're going to put that money into into something else and we're not going to invest in certain things and we're not going to invest in hs2 for example i think it's a massive white elephant it's it's clearly not good by the time it's done it's not going to deliver the things it wants to do educating our young people might do so there are things where there's choices but i don't think we've got a strong enough government now we've not had since gordon brown we've uh, we've not had anybody who's got the teeth to say the country's got to make some tough choices if you value the nhs and you value any uh, education we've got to stop doing some other stuff coming back to my point you've got a limited amount of funding right how do you best spend that not every department lose a percentage decide which is important absolutely and education nhs is, is the two main ones that people would expect and you would include police in this as well as, as i'm sure you can't just keep shrinking the box although the 1.7 trillion suggests you do but yes that's why we need to come out of the eu because that's just a waste of money but yes hs2 that's not important it's going to provide some vital work in the short term a lot of it incidentally because eu rules is coming from europe right so it's not even benefiting benefiting us particularly with steel so i don't know i don't know the answer but you're right there has been no strong governance I wouldn't give Brown that one. I'd have to go back to Thatcher, but then there's a reason for that. But you need strong government. Would Jeremy Corbyn offer an alternative and strong government? Uh, not Sid, um, sorry, Peter, you're, you're the Labour man. Put your Corbyn flag up. No, no, I'm not putting any flag up. All I'm saying is that whoever is in government need to concentrate on actually improving the quality of people's lives by improving the education and the health. If you've got that right, even in, resp- in respect to the police force, if you've got people who are earning good money and living a good lifestyle and are educated enough to look after their own property, you you can manage with a, f- a few less police officers. I mean, the fact that they've, they've scrapped a thousand... Uh, or, or 10,000 or 20,000 or whatever it is across the country now is bizarre because we're not actually in a position where we can do that. There's more crime that's being committed because people are struggling financially and things. But the, the important thing is get the education right, get the health service right, and everything else, in my view, bounces off that. 
I listened to what Jason said that everything, every decision nowadays is something that's uh, based on costs. And in the last uh, week or three, I've had put before me a number of letters of complaints and the answers to the complaints. Things like uh, there's too many cars parked near a school. You know, uh, it's dangerous for the children and, and various other types of... And all those answers, whether it be back from the police or the council or whatever, always come back or seem to come back to, we share your worries, we think people should be more careful in doing whatever they're doing, but for us to do any more about it, we haven't got the money to be able to do it. It but basically comes down to that. Yeah, people are selfish though, aren't they? I mean, you shouldn't need that sort of uh, attitude because it's people can't be bothered to walk very far. Uh, it's my piece of road. I want to park there. Uh, it's, it's my vehicle. And you've just got this attitude now of people being selfish. They are very insular and they just don't care about anybody else. Yeah, but I just want to pick up on one thing Jason talked about. As I said before, he does say some intelligent things. But... Do you think education maybe has to change? All other industries have changed. I mean, we're seeing robotics and stuff, but do you think we should be going down the e-route as far as teaching is concerned now? I think it's got to change. Young people don't... I think you know. I mean, if we all, all four of us sat in a classroom, we wouldn't all learn the same. Some of us learn by copying stuff out. Some of us would learn by it being interactive. Some of us would want to hammer a nail and stuff. And the kids are just like that as well. So it's got to change. And what I said very briefly about the continent as well, they learn that the, the attention span is different. So they send kids in at seven, but they're done by one. Or, and they have certain amounts of work to do at home. Um, I, I look at Ashfield School because it's the one I know. They do an enormous amount of stuff electronically and it's very successful. But I think, um, like everything, uh, education's got to be much more uh, responsive to the needs of our young people young people are much more intelligent now I look at 18 year olds now and they're 10 years ahead of where I was when I was 18 so we've got to move with the times to inspire them I think so Jason Drosley thank you very much indeed once again for, for coming in Peter Jones as always also to Sydney Pepper the producer of our programme we looked on education with Great Priest apologies that we didn't have an educationist as such in the studio I think weather defeated that and perhaps they're all working just too hard. Meet Annie Delahunty. Good night.